0: Welcome to the Creative Conflab Podcast with your host, Tara Joy Andrews, where we have honest conversations about creativity, art, design, and craft. Ready to get started? Let's go. Thank you. Everybody who's listening to the Creative Conflict Podcast, you're listening to episode eight with fellow podcaster, entrepreneur, leadership coach, coach and diversity consultant, Andrea Jansen. Hi, Andrea. Welcome to the show. How are you doing Hi,
1: today? I'm fabulous. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to, number one, that you created this podcast, and I'm just so honored that you wanted to have me on as a guest Yes, of course.
0: Yeah, thank you for being a guest on Creative Conflab. I like to start each episode with a positive note, so I'd like you to share something that has brought you joy recently.
1: Okay, what has brought me joy recently That's a great question. There's so many things. I do feel like being outside and being able to run outside has brought me a lot of joy. So I was able to go yesterday. I go probably three or four times a week and just being outside and the weather being really beautiful. And I was running by the water on the weekend. That brings me a lot of joy. It gets me outside, gets my mind clear. And if I do it in the morning, it just makes the day a thousand times better.
0: Yes, amazing. And this time of year, the lilacs are blooming. So if you run by the lilacs, yeah, that's, smell those amazing scents. <laughs> yes. So we met actually when I did one of your free uh, ambition nights where you bring people together and you really challenged us about ambition. <laughs> and I loved how motivated and passionate you were to dig deeper and help people really find what fuels them. So for everyone who doesn't know you, uh, just tell,
1: tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. So my name is Andrea Jensen, and I am trained as a leadership coach, and my company is called Ambition Theory, and it is a professional coaching company really founded in this theory of ambition, which is the desire to achieve something, typically requiring determination and hard work. And the core of everything that I do is helping people figure out what ambition means to them because people usually define it by external reasons so I want to get a promotion I want to make seven figures I want to have a new car I want to have a new house I want to get to this level I want to get to this status and it's all external but the truth is ambition in achieving anything or any goal it takes a lot of work and if you don't know what that something is that you're striving for which is internal the hard work's not going to be worth it so you're not going to do the work and you're going to give up before you achieve that thing that you really want to get. So I help people go below the surface and really figure out what ambition means to them by asking lots of questions. And so that's my business. And what I do is I really use that to help people, mostly women, to achieve what what they want in their careers. So get to that next level of leadership, um, get to those bigger clients as entrepreneurs, um, get to that next level of revenue, get to that next level of growth, whatever it is that they want to achieve. Yes.
0: And as a person who's gone through some of your programs, Andrea is amazing. You should call it right now. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So this next question I've started to ask all of my guests because everyone has a different answer and it really fascinates me. So how do you define creativity?
1: That is a loaded question and it actually brings up a lot of baggage for me because before I got into coaching, I worked in marketing, but I wasn't an, a creative person. I was right. the person that managed the budgets and the, I was the person that hired the agency to execute the creative strategy. And when I started working, there was a very clear boundary between the creatives and the client, like the agency people and the person that's the client that kind of controls all the money. So I was always doing this strategy, but I had this there was this boundary that was like Andrea you're not supposed to execute the ideas you're the one that you right. you you find the people to execute the ideas for you and I never really thought of myself as being creative until I became an entrepreneur and then people kept asking me they're like Andrea you're so creative how do you get become more creative your business is so creative you have all these things I was like oh and I had to really just let go of that baggage that I I had in my own mind of like what creativity is because I think I used to think it is like the ability to draw something the ability to create something visual and that's not my gift (laughs) Um, that's why there's people like you in the world that can take this strategy so I would say like creativity is just like for me it's a a way of doing something in a different way it's a, a way of bringing beauty into maybe a boring process. Um, So for coaching, I know it's it's complicated. It's like human development, it's motivation, there's psychology behind it. There can be complicated assessments. And so in my business, I make it creative. I, I try to make it approachable. So I have art, Like beautiful art as part of my coaching process to get people into that right mindset. I, you know, have different rules, different ways of saying things to really um, make it approachable and make it easy for people to understand. So I see, like, for me, creativity is like taking something complicated and making it approachable. Yes, yes, and that's actually one
0: of the things I loved about your journals and the art that you put out because I'm a visual learner. So those things help me retain more information. And like everybody, there's so many different types of learners, but but I I liked how you had those different elements of of um visual and structure and questions. Like everything all in one package. So yeah, that's very creative of
1: you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. And now I'm able to take that compliment. And I think if you asked me this, like 10 years ago, I would probably be like, no, I'm not a creative person. Yeah. Which is a shame because
0: I strongly believe everybody is creative and it's just how they show their creativity. Like chefs are very creative. Um, architects are very creative. Uh, landscapers are creative where we always tend to always go to. I'm not an artist, so I'm not creative. Yeah. hmm hmm Yeah. So I've worked with you as a coach, and one of the real aha moments – the, the the meat of this episode, shall I say, uh, for me was when I realized how little I knew about what I brought to the table uh, when I designed for someone, and that I didn't value what I did or the knowledge and experience that I've gained through my entire career and education. And I find people in creative fields, and as you know, especially women, so I have that double Double whammy on me, we're more likely to undervalue ourselves. So, why do we do that?
1: (laughs) So, first off, I want to say it's not just women, it's not just creative, it's not just entrepreneurs. This is something that happens to everybody pretty much. It's this concept of like you look in the mirror and you you can't see what is amazing about you. Like, it's just really hard to see. And I think there's a couple of reasons. So, The one reason is some of the things that are your secret sauce, like your superpower, the things that you're really, really good at, come naturally to you. So you just do it and it doesn't seem like work. It's easy easy for you. It's easy for you. And so you think, oh, is this so easy for me? It's not unique. It doesn't bring value. It doesn't set me apart from other people. But the reality is, it's not easy for everybody. And this thing that's easy for you is actually this incredible thing that nobody else can do, but because it's easy, you don't see the value. So really being able to just kind of see it from that outside perspective helps you to kind of connect the dots in your brain and be like, oh, this is really valuable. This does bring uh, value to other people. This can help other people move forward. And this actually helps me to stand out. Right. So that's what, and it's just, it's easier also human nature is it's easier to give other people compliments than it is to compliment yourself. So it's so easy to come. I'm sure if you, we've made like a list, I could probably go on and come up with a list of 20 things, why someone else is awesome. But if someone right. asks me to make the list of why I'm awesome myself, it's really uncomfortable. It's really awkward. We don't actually do that ever in society. So it's just human nature. It's easier to compliment someone else than it is to compliment yourself. And also we go down the road of comparison all oh. the time. And like for people, every human being is so unique and so different. And they have different experiences that come together to create this like beautiful person that you you compare and you think well I don't have what they have but you have something else that actually makes you so much more unique and so different so those i think are the main reasons why people tend to undervalue themselves and they just can't see what's right in front of them yes
0: yes and i felt that both of those things when i was working with you because i'm like oh i thought everybody was able to just start thinking of ideas when people are talking about their business. And I'm thinking of logos already in my mind. It's like, no, not everybody can do that, Tara. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Oh, just one more thing, a reason I think I want to just add to why people can't really see how awesome they are and really see the value that they bring to the table is just the way that we've been taught to give feedback in workplace situations. So usually it's like, well, I'm a good leader. I want to my people to improve. So I'm going to point out the things that they're not good at so that they can fix those and become better. But there's actually new research that shows if you just point out the things that people are good at and tell them to do more of that, that actually makes them more effective at their job, at a leader, as a contributor. So, but we've been trained like forever, probably since we were in school that, you know what, focus on fixing the things that you're not good at. So we always hear this feedback of things we're not good at, right? So then it gets in your head, like, I'm not good at that. It's like reinforcing these things that you're not good at, reinforcing these things that you have to do better at. No one just says, Tara, you're so great at seeing potential in people and coming up with it in a visual way. Can you just do that every day? Focus on getting better at doing that. And that will bring so much value, but, and there's evidence to back that up, but we're not socialized. It's not, we're not trained in the workplace to do it that way. So it kind of all works together. And then I find most people, they just, they can't see how awesome they really are. Yes. Yeah. Or one of the things
0: that I, because I'm also a perfectionist, is that I would think of an awesome thing and then think of three reasons why that wasn't true, Oh, which is yeah. like, no, <laughs> you are that. Yeah, Embrace I that,
1: it. <laughs> I think that's the voice of your inner critic.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, who is a big jerk and yep. needs to go away. Most days I tell it to sit in the corner. It's not welcome to come to work with me. So I know you have a whole bunch of free information on your website, you have a podcast of your own with episodes that digs deeper into this, but what are some things that we can start to do today to start readjusting our mindset of being valued, asking for more money or more time or whatever it is that we need to excel?
1: So the simplest thing that you can do, and I call this like a prepare, like it's almost like mental homework. It's like going to the gym for your brain is literally take a piece of paper and write down everything you've accomplished. Oh, I like that. And that's, it. that's it. That's it. That's it.
0: Amazing. <laughs> and then I feel like I should also put it up beside my desk. So those moments when I'm not feeling it, I can look up and be like, I started a podcast. Yeah. I yeah. did this.
1: Right. Oh, I love that. I'm doing it yeah, today. <laughs> you can even turn it. I remember one of my clients was doing, she was going to, she was working towards something really big, a really, really big opportunity. And this is a great way to just get your mindset ready to do that scary thing. So she had to really put herself out there and deliver something. The stakes were high. And I remember we did this exercise a couple of times because she just kept really doubting herself whether she was capable of doing it. And what I ended up doing is I went into Canva because I'm like, this needs to be beautiful. It can't just be chicken scratches on a piece of paper. So I took a template and I I was a little bit creative and then I put it into a beautiful Canva template. So she had something that she could print off, have it on her wall, have it on her desktop of her computer in the wallpaper. So she could just see it and remember, because it's just a reminder of everything that you've done and it just gives you that confidence to go and deliver whatever that thing is that you need to do yeah I love it, love it. <laughs> you could do a craft you could make a collage yeah you could like there's so many things you can do with this
0: yeah I like an 8 by 10 canvas Mm-hmm. yeah so many things so I am a small business owner, as you know, and I didn't have a number in my mind when I started this adventure because I was like, I don't I don't want to feel like I failed if I didn't meet that number. However, I feel like that also held me back because I didn't have a goal to reach. So is there a way that you help people calculate what number for making in a salary or their business that is right for them?
1: That's a really great question. So what I like to do is I like to help the people visualize. So we did this together, like really visualize the business that you want, visualize the career that you want. And just like imagine in five years, in 10 years, what you're doing, right? And then from there, work it back to like this year, work it back to three months. So just imagine the scale of kind of the kind of business that you're running in five, 10 years. And if you're gonna have that, work it back and say, okay, what kind of number do I need to reach today? And I think it does make sense that if you don't have a number, like if you don't set a goal, you're never gonna reach the goal, right? right. So if you set that number, it helps you realize, be realistic. Like, okay, if I'm gonna set this financial goal, how many clients do I need to get? Right. And it can drive your activities where if you're like, I'm just going to keep doing these things. You don't know if you're doing enough. You don't know if you're doing too much. You don't know if maybe the clients that you're going after are not the right clients. Yeah. Those kind of things. So having a number, it just helps you to guide. And I like to say for people, because sometimes when you do set a goal and you don't reach it, it can be hard on your self-esteem. But the thing is, if you don't set the goal, you're not going to move forward because I right. like to say, like, you set the goal and then you move in that direction. And then once you start moving, if it's the wrong goal, you'll know and you can adjust. Right. Whereas if you don't really set a goal, you don't really move. So you need to set that goal in order to move forward. And, and I also have a
0: history of setting, as you know, because you worked with me, but <laughs> I'm, I'm going to jump over this, but I'm only going to put the bar at five inches.
1: <laughs> yes. Oh yes. I do remember actually, is it okay if I share this? Yeah. What happened on. after the first month? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. you. Cause I usually like, I try to compartmentalize like my clients confidential information, but I, since you're saying that it's okay, I do. I yeah. want to share this. So when I work with anybody, we, we were working together for three months. I said, okay, at the end of three months, what do you want to have achieved? Because I always want to make sure people get a return on investment, um, a financial return on investment in their coaching because there's a lot of coaches out there that focus on feelings. Um, And feelings are great. Feeling more confident is great. But if someone's going to pay me money, I want to make sure it's worth it. Exactly, yes. So I remember we talked about this. In the first month, we set a goal. And I remember it was the second month. I checked in with you on that goal and you're like, I actually achieved that two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. And then I got to call you out <laughs> yeah. on the fact that you set the goal way too low. Yeah. 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 But so, the thing is, if you didn't set that goal, we wouldn't have known what's possible. Right. So it's just really exactly. about meaning where you're at. Don't be so hard on yourself. Yeah. You set the goal too low. That's fine. Yeah. Now it's time to set a bigger one. Yeah. And it also um,
0: really boosted my confidence because I'm like, here I was thinking this wasn't possible in three months and I did it in like three weeks or whatever it was. Right. So yeah, it was a really good aha moment for me of like, whoa, (laughs) you know, I, I am doing some things right and things are happening and I should, Acknowledge that and and keep asking for more, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So on that note, <laughs> um, I always have that nauseous moment when I'm about to send my estimate um, or quote, and usually the number is usually over two thousand dollars, which, when you think about it, isn't actually that much money, right? Um, But I'm already thinking, that's too much. They're not going to pay me. They won't even write back. And I'm already like making that list for them, why they shouldn't hire me in my own head. So is this something that eventually goes away or is this something that I'm stuck with forever?
1: (laughs) So that's a great question. So I have to say that happens to me too. Okay. And it's happened to me too, where I was a little nervous sending it out. And then they came back and said, Andrea, that is ridiculously (laughs) way too much. So I would say it's not an irrational thought that you're having. Um, It's normal, but I really believe that like there's value, right? People pay for value. Right. And especially in industries like ours, like you're a graphic designer, I'm a coach. It's a bit of a dog's breakfast out there in our industries. And there's, yeah, there's no there's no standard like, you know, when you
0: go to a dentist to expect a certain amount, right? Mm-hmm. But there's there's no like minimum or maximum for services like ours.
1: Yeah. Our so I like, yeah. I like to frame it in what they get. So oh, for okay. you, if like you have a very unique and comprehensive approach to design. And yes. so it's like you help people like really bring it to life visually, make it appealing to customers, make it rub. Uh, memorable make it consistent consistency builds trust all of those things so it's like what is trust with your potential customers worth to you what is standing out worth to you what is having like a whole brand that could come to life in any possible channel worth Mm -hmm. to you like what is that worth and then really think about it that way because then it's like wow what is it going to be worth to this business Mm -hmm. if they can stand out and be memorable, if they could build trust because they're showing up the same way all the time. And then that $2,000 price tag is like, (laughs) actually they're getting a really good deal. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But on the flip side, some people, and I, when people have said this to me, like people have said this to me that the things that I do are too expensive. um, Then It's like maybe they don't value it that much. Mm -hmm. They don't value the outcome. Or maybe they don't really understand what that outcome is. Right. So then it's my job to
0: highlight all of those values Mm -hmm. and and put that in my marketing and my message and on my website, which I am still in the process of updating. because of all the
1: amazing things that you made me aware of. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So a couple other, can I talk about two more things yes, on this definitely. topic? Okay. So there's one is I want to talk about, um, the sales tool, which is anticipating objections before they bring them up. Ooh. So you know how you're saying, you're like, Oh, I'm already in my head saying all the reasons why they're going to say no, that's actually can be really powerful. So Get them out of your head though first, write them right. on a piece of paper, type them into a Word document, or even have like a general one. And you just, every time you think of one, you add to it because it's a really powerful way to get people to buy in if you address the objective first, right? right. I've never spent $10,000 on design before. I'm used to going on Fiverr and getting the $20 thing. And if, you're, if people are thinking that, you can say, Wow. Okay. So you could go on, like you can address it and then it gives you an opportunity to educate what the difference is between going to Fiverr versus going to a professional designer like you that is more holistic or things like, yeah, I don't know what other objections are there? We could brainstorm some ways that you could get over it.
0: Definitely too expensive. Another one is, uh, usually I just need a logo So how much for just a logo instead of that holistic approach?
1: Yeah. So yeah, so you could even at the beginning, so before they even say that, as you're like doing a discovery or learning about them, you could ask them questions about like, where is the logo going to go? Right. How does it show up on the internet? How does it show up on social media? What about your staff uniforms? How, and like kind of almost like bring them in and help them to see that potential before you go down. So it's really about addressing the objection before you actually do the ask. Right. And it's a really powerful way of getting people on board and really building that trust. Cause it's not like you're trying to be sneaky, right? They're like, okay, no. I thought it was going to be $500. And then now I get this quote for a significantly higher amount and they kind of feel blindsided, but it right. kind of like warms them up to this idea. It educates them. So then when they're at the point of deciding to work with you or not, they're happy to give you money because they see the value that you're going to deliver. Right. Awesome. So that, that's the second one. The third one is one that, unfortunately, you are a female. I am a female. The gender pay gap is real. And a lot of people think that it's limited to the corporate world. So when you're working with somebody else and all that people are like, well, I wasn't getting paid or whatever. I wasn't getting promotions. I'm going to leave and I'm going to make more money as an entrepreneur. But the thing is, the gender pay gap exists for entrepreneurs as well. Mm -hmm. so there's lots of stereotypes out there I don't want to go too much into the details but there's definitely pay discrimination and just most of it is unconscious so if people are like thinking that if you know um I don't know if you maybe heard people say like who does she think she is charging that much for this oh yes I've heard (laughs) yeah so you've heard that before and that is just it's just Unfortunately, the way society is today, most people aren't doing that on purpose. They're not doing it maliciously. It's just this reality that we are facing today as women. And there's lots of data to back this up that women entrepreneurs make less than than men entrepreneurs for doing the same service. And really it's just like, there's a lot, there's pushback. I've gotten it. Um, you've probably gotten it. You may not know what it was, but this is a reality. And that's something that we as a society really need to look at. And it's not just on the entrepreneur to show their value. And cause you can do all of that and people may still think it's too expensive. Right. Another thing that just, I remembered
0: is, um, if I get more than one service, do I get a discount? Oh. <laughs> and I was like, there's not less work. It's the same work. So why is, why should you get a discount, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. But do you have any insights on on hmm. how to go
1: back with that? hmm that's a good one let's brainstorm some I don't yeah. actually know the answer let's and brainstorm the, I think the
0: circumstance was they wanted a, a business card and another print advertisement of some sort so they asked for a quote I gave a quote and then they're like is there any room for discount because I'm getting multiple items done
1: So I think there'd be an opportunity to just be more curious because sometimes I would say like with pricing, it's never black and white, right? Right. Because sometimes if you you need to do something to get in the door and then they'll do more, whereas sometimes they're just being cheap and there's not going to, it's not going to turn into a long-term client relationship. So I think like in those cases, like slowing down and looking at the relationship Asking them some questions about like what are, what's going on, like where is this going to go, and and just seeing if they're maybe maybe they're having a cash flow issue that month, and that's the reason why they're asking for the discount, right? Right. But then they're going to have this huge project come down the pipe in three months, and you know it might be worth it, but maybe they're a nickel and dime kind of customer, and maybe you don't even want to go there. I think it's like asking more questions, getting more curious, really figuring out like this relationship, is this how we want to start the relationship. Right. Cuz if you do start the relationship nickel and dime each other.
0: Yeah, then it, ne- it it never works. No, it never works and then they always expect the discount. And mm-hmm. so you can never go higher. And then if you do raise your prices because you know, you evolve and change and grow. So eventually prices go up a little bit, then you usually lose them because they're not yeah. willing to pay that.
1: Right. And I also, I, can I show my experience from working with people um, that charge hourly? Yeah. So, cause I prefer like for my own business, I prefer to buy things based on value because I really want my designer, my supplier, my whoever to, be invested in my success. So whether it takes four hours or whether it takes three hours, I'm I don't want to nickel and dime and track your time and question like, did you actually spend five hours doing that? Yeah. I want like to be so happy and love the output. And so when I when someone builds me by the hour, I get nervous because I'm like <sighs> is three hours going to be enough? Like, what if you've done three hours and I don't actually like the thing?
0: <laughs> yes. What if I
1: don't actually like it? Then do I need to pay more money to finish it? And that doesn't make me feel good. And I think the relationship never really goes in a positive way. Whereas, and it's like, I'm going to deliver this amazing outcome for you. And this is how much it costs. And then I'm like, you know, what, it's, a, I'll be happy to pay that because I know they're invested in me it it being successful and me being happy with the outcome. And yeah, maybe it does take longer, but maybe it takes less time. And like at the beginning, you're not really going to know. So I think that hourly rate, it never in any kind of consulting or service business, it, it, the client feels like they always question, like, did it really take that long? And it, from the service provider's perspective, it's like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like they're not happy. I've already spent six hours. How do I push back and tell them it's going to cost more? And it just creates that awkward conversation and it's not trust. It's not built on mutual success. So I would say like, I like if there's a way to really focus on the value, really focus on the outcome, really focus on the deliverable. So it's like a win for everybody. So at the end of that working relationship, you're like, I am so happy with this output. And the client is so happy and the service provider is like, I'm so happy with this work that we created together. That's just my perspective is really like having it win-win, having it based on relationship, not tracking the hours. Yeah. And I experienced that
0: myself working on projects because just like you said, I would be getting close to the client's budget of their hours that we allocated And I wasn't quite there. And then it's like the people pleaser in me would be just do the extra hours for free and make them happy. Where the entrepreneur side of me is like, you deserve this money. You should charge them more. So when it's a bulk amount, that goes away. And then I can just focus my creative energy on making it awesome and just allowing enough time to make it happen and you're not like you say okay how many hours did I work on this this week how many hours did I work on Andrea's website how many hours did I work on her logo it's just it's done yes (laughs) or it's it's at this point you know
1: because also in like these creative professionals and so I do consulting as well so if I'm like consulting for a client about like a diversity strategy or something sometimes I'm like I'm going to need to listen to a podcast to learn about this issue that they're facing so that I can come back to them with a recommendation. And maybe I'll go for a run and I'll listen to the podcast while I'm doing my run. Am I billing them for that? Right. Run. (laughs) Yeah. Or if I need to, you know, say I have a friend that worked at a company that's really good at something. I want to kind of figure out how they do it. I'm going to take that friend out for lunch. Right. Is that, am I going to bill that? to the company. Whereas if you just build on that deliverable, it's like, okay, I'm going to listen to the podcast, am going to call my friend, I'm going to read these studies, I'm going to consult with this person, and I'm going to come with a solid recommendation. I prefer working that way a lot better mm-hmm. than trying to track the hours. So all my projects going forward are value-based. Mm-hmm. Thank you,
0: Andrea. <laughs> yeah. So where do you find inspiration and motivation in these crazy times?
1: Ah, that's a great question. So I do, I do have to say, I feel like I'm a very motivated person. Yes, you are. And it's contagious when
0: you talk to Andrea or around Andrea, you, you get motivated and inspired. So yes.
1: (laughs) So I, it's a really good question. So I think one of the places I get motivation right now is routine. So there are things that I do in my life that I know help me to stay moving forward. So exercise is one of them. So pretty much every day I exercise, I've always exercised almost like every day and I had a very strict routine before the pandemic. Like I'd wake up, exercise, have a coffee journal. Actually, it was a very strict morning routine, but the pandemic kind of threw that out the window mm-hmm. because my kids were home. My husband's working from home too. And what happens now is literally you can't see below my way. So I'm wearing leggings because at some point today, I really want to get in a workout and I haven't done it yet. So setting that intention and just every day making time to exercise, making time to journal and like set goals. And really, so I have my own journal, the ambitious everyday journal. So I do it myself every morning. So just, it's one page a day and I just get myself focused on what I want to achieve. And to stay motivated and creative. And I think just like thinking about other people's potential, because that makes me really excited too. It's like, how can I, like you said, like you couldn't see how awesome you were at design. And the thing is you can see how awesome other people are. I know that about you, but it's hard for you to see it in yourself. And so I think I get excited by people and helping them reach their goals. So that motivates me as well. Awesome.
0: Well, I also like to end on a positive note. So is there anything that you see positive happening right now, either because of the pandemic or other world happenings that you hope will keep happening when we can hug again?
1: Oh, that's a. That's a loaded question. <laughs> um, so I would say like positive things are, pe- one positive thing is the work from home is that people are finding more empathy towards Parents, people are connecting more with their coworkers kind of beyond the surface because they have to, because everybody's working in their home. They've got a zoom background. There's pets in the background. Yeah. Um, they can see like, you know, Oh, I never knew this person liked star Wars. Like they're in their basin and there's a star Wars poster in the background and they never knew that about someone or, Oh, I never knew that person was a cat person. Cause you see the cat walking behind, um, there's in their screen in their video conference. I think that's a positive. And I think there's lots of conversation about new ways of working and kind of mm-hmm. throwing out these old systems. So yes. it's so interesting. I was talking to someone in the medical profession and they're like, we were working on telemedicine. So do- family doctors being able to meet with patients on the phone Eight years. We were working on a system for eight years. We were testing and we were testing and we testing. And then three weeks into the pandemic, like, we did it. And it's working and it's great. So I think these impossible things that we really, we held on to these impossible systems were like, we can't do it. It's going to take all this analysis, all this testing. It's thrown us into the situation where we have to, and it's forced innovation to happen so much quicker than it was happening before. So I think that innovation is gonna just keep going and people are gonna be more open to trying things and just doing it instead of analyzing it so much I think that's a positive
0: yes definitely yeah I actually had a telephone appointment with my doctor and it was amazing you know It literally took 10 minutes and I didn't have to leave my house. Yeah. You know, usually you go to the doctor's office, you have to wait. Um, Things are not going on schedule and then you get to see them and then you get your prescription and then you have to go get it filled. And this was like, okay, blah, 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 refill, It'll be there in two hours. You can pick it up. And I'm like,
1: what? (laughs) What just happened? (laughs) And the thing is, people had that vision before. Like they had the vision before, but they just, they couldn't implement it because there's all these barriers. Some of them were maybe real. Some of them were not real. They were mental barriers. But then when you're forced to do it, boom, it just got implemented. And it's a great experience for you. I'm sure it's probably a great experience for your doctor as well. Mm -hmm. less pressure on them. They could probably see more patients and it's a win for everybody. So yeah, this opportunity for innovation is I think really positive thing that's coming out of this. Yes. Amazing.
0: So if someone wants to reach out to you after the show, where's the best place to find you?
1: So the best place is on my website. It is ambitiontheory.ca. Awesome. Well, Thank you
0: so much for chatting with me today. I learned even more new insights and I am looking forward to staying motivated, staying positive and getting everything done and asking for more. So thank you for being on the podcast.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. This is really fun.
0: And that's it for episode eight with Andrea Jansen. I hope that you're able to focus on things you're good at, celebrate your accomplishments, and continue to ask for more. Thank you for listening. It's been a pleasure to have you with me. If you'd like to follow along on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, look for at Creative Conflab. And if you'd like to read up on show notes or other links, head over to creativeconflab.com. I hope you get to be creative today. I hope you have an awesome day and be cutting.